Hit it, Phil. Can it be the breeze that fills the trees with rare and magic perfume? Oh, no. It isn't the breeze. It's Jackson time. La, da, da, da. It's Will Jello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Uh, we have Kathy Fuller Seeley here. We have John Henderson. We have Zach Hello. Eastman. Hey, everybody. So we are here to chat about uh, the Goldie Fields and Glide episode of the Jack Benny show. Just a, a classic, classic episode with uh, when you when you have George Burns, and of, of course you also have. Uh, Bing Crosby in the same episode. What a wonderful thing. And then we also have a surprise guest at the end that I'm sure we'll mention as we go. And and just remember, I mean, if you want to see the episode first and come back and watch our intro, that's fine. Uh, there's certain things in this one that we'll probably be sort of giving away, I would think. So we'll see. Um, anyway, uh, let's let's go ahead and get started with, with this. I, I, I just want to get, I know Kathy has read up some on the real Goldie Fields and Glide. They actually did this in vaudeville, and there's real differences in things between the two. Uh, I, I almost feel like this is a little bit of Jack kind of retconning something he did earlier in his career to make it a little more palatable to, to current audiences. I'm not sure what he, what he was trying to Or was to it do. George Burns? It was, it was George's routine, Oops. not Jack's. Oh, it was George. Well, that, there you go. See, that's why. I, I have you people here. So let's go over to Kathy and get her take on this. Well, well, as I said, I've, I've always enjoyed um, the, the Goldie Fields and Glide uh, uh, routine, but kind of, you know, it's old fashioned and they dance and sing. I really appreciated um, uh, George actually does more dancing and uh, Bing singing Mother. So I enjoyed the three part harmonies, but I've always thought kind of it's a mild kind of thing. But doing some research into variety, I learned um, that there's a bit more of a background to it. I'm going to uh, read from uh, Variety a comment right after the show was aired. Jack Benny's Goldie Fields and Glide Vintage Vaudeville Act on his Sunday CBS show with guest stars Bing Crosby and George Burns uh, came out as a song and dancer. Actually, this was more of a hick and blackface comedy stint in its origins. Variety files show that Goldie Fields and Glide, G-L-Y-D-E, uh, no, uh, was reviewed at the Bronx Opera House in the issue of September 19, 1913, so 41 years before. Composing the trio, one caught nearly 41 years ago, were George Burns, who was Nat Birnbaum at the time, Nat Renard, and another uh, East Side New York kid called Abe Glideman, hence Glide. Burns did blackface with a Yiddish dialect. Renard, now a unit manager and agent, did Yiddish characters. Glideman played a tough guy. Benny presented the act on his show as going back about 20, 30 years. He may have been referring to engagements after the Bronx Opera House as the trio in later years played such Gotham spots as minors theater in the Bronx and the old Murray Hill Theater, now Lowe's 42nd Street. The Variety reviewer incidentally said that Burns, Goldie, was not so, I can't tell if it's not so hot or not so bad, NSB or NSH. So the shock was to see, and um, George would have been 17 years old at the time. So one of his first trios trying to make it in local vaudeville uh, a moving from a, a amateur to professional act was these three young men coming out and singing and dancing. And perhaps they were in boaters and jackets, but also uh, with um, 
strongly uh, racially and ethnically stereotyped uh, in ways that, of course, uh, uh, wouldn't be far wouldn't be acceptable today. But how interesting that George remembered it with fondness and rejiggered it, if you will, to uh, involve his celebrity friends as a look back of 41 years before. But the question is, did I don't even understand how this episode gets made in that if it's George's act, is it Jack's writers giving a tip to George or is it George who wrote part of this or I don't know. I think it, I think it could be well singing mother that's an ancient song so it could have been lifted pretty strongly from uh you know pretty thoroughly from uh, George's original act just not doing the ethnic and racial parts um uh, uh but as I said I read somewhere that George had recently involved his friends in doing this for some kind of charity event okay. so um you can see how that's the heart and then Jack and his writers put the mechanical stuff of uh, Jack on the patio with Rochester and the visual machinery uh, to bookend it. He right. didn't have enough for a whole episode, and so we get these two parts. Well, and how often do we get that in, in the Jack Benny show, which is so unique, and we've mentioned this a number of different times, but, well, but where you get two yeah. completely different things kind of that they fasten to each other, two 15-minute right. pieces, you just, would think... Having but a thirty-minute piece wouldn't be that hard, but apparently it was. <laughs> but he he just he just also done it with the Gracie Burns yeah. uh, episode, which it started back in 1946 as a charity event. Uh, 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 so they had yeah. some history with yeah. taking something they they had done and then building enough of the sitcom of the Benny Show framework about it to. Yeah, interesting, yeah. John. What are your thoughts on this one? Well, I have to say, talking about the vaudeville section, uh, I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't. I. I'm not familiar with vaudeville because I'm not from the early 20th century. I don't get any of the references. I don't like. I imagine if you saw vaudeville when you were younger, and then you saw this, it would bring back memories. You would be like, "Oh, that's totally what vaudeville was like." I don't get it, but I do love it. <laughs> because they are having so much fun that I have fun with them. And right. so I thought it was I thought it was lots of fun. Of course, those three guys, uh, George Burns, Bing Crosby, and Jack Benny, and the, you can tell that they like each other and they're having fun together, just being with each other. So I thought that was great. If you remember the movie Singing in the Rain, when they detail... Um, the vaudeville history of uh, Gene Kelly in the background. <laughs> so much of vaudeville was guys coming out in jackets and hats and singing and doing a little bit of dancing. So yeah, that, was, that was so much of George's actual history and Jack's actual history. Yeah, but but when they did that, when they did that back in vaudeville, my impression uh -oh. is that it was a lot bodier. It was a lot more raucous. It was a lot more... And that's what you would remember, and that's what would make the bits work. When you take out those bits, though inappropriate for the time to leave them in, but when you take them ah. out, you're left with a very saccharine sort of piece with no teeth to it. And so oh, the audience just goes, thing. okay, that was a cute, innocent time, but uh, it doesn't work. It, it's but the, in reality, it's... it did work because it wasn't like that. It did have an edge, It did, um, but the edge was very racially inappropriate very there was lots of issues with it 
to where you can't present it like it really was. If somebody had a, had been able to film some of vaudeville and you were actually be able to see it, I think you would go, oh, that's funny or that's, you know, interesting but it's not uh it's not appropriate and things it's just like when you when you catch now people's comedy acts and they are doing this working very blue you can laugh at it but then you go well you can't bring that to television in like a network presentation or something so you have to have these separate i don't know mindsets for what you're watching but anyway zach you had more go ahead well you can see vaudeville acts that were filmed the vitaphone studios um when warner brothers bought them out a lot of their sound tests um did something quite unique in show business history where you can not only see vaudeville acts that were heading in these were headlining in the east coast at the time but you can actively watch them dig their own graves which i find internally fascinating watching somebody just literally shovel um, but you can watch a lot of these acts. And actually, if you if you search around YouTube, look up PBS Vaudeville. There is a documentary about Vaudeville and people's recollections of it and clips as well, um, surrounding what Vaudeville was at that point. And it's it's a far cry. You're right, it's a far cry from what Benny presents. But there are elements of it that are true in that right. respect. When you watch the Vitaphone shorts and compare it to Goldie Fields and Glide, you see the similarities, but you can also see the clear differences. Like there are like literally some acts that are just not even doing dancing. They're like going like she was tall eyed, wide eyed, every kind of eyed, like that, that, that kind of eye, like, like, like anything from a stilted dry to something very rambunctious. And it's funny because like this episode was one of the first episodes of the Benny program I ever watched and so on television. And so therefore it also shaped my idea of what vaudeville was until I picked up the jazz singer DVD collection that came out like about four or five years later. And that, and the difference is so stark that you're almost seeing, I don't want to, I don't want to proclaim it like necessarily revisionist, history but you are seeing like it's the glossed over version like yeah. i i That's love saying yeah yeah i love when people talk about vaudeville with such gleamed wide eye because i'm like are you remembering the time that you were huddled cold in a train car heading to the next town or like sitting in a boarding house with nothing to eat because that's what vaudeville was like read about the marx brothers history in vaudeville you realize how down down and dirty it is and they were blacklisted from the circ from the main circuits so they were like playing the worst kinds of places <laughs> the same ones that jack benny played so yes. they were on the same circuit so. yes yeah Zach, you're making really important points, but I would also mention, because I'm right now I'm I'm in the middle of working on volume three of uh of Jack's radio show from late 1932, early 33. Yeah. And Jack, Jack and Harry Kahn are using these exact same, not blackface, but lots and lots of ethnic uh uh actors. So so much of the humor is just using a Russian or a Yiddish accent on what's a pretty lame joke. So that was it is yeah. interesting to try but to that was vaudeville, so. mm -hmm. piece together like from like my earliest exposures to you know going back in time because you know I first I saw 
uh, there was a vaudeville thing on Garfield and Friends. And then I saw there was some <laughs> vaudeville stuff on The Muppet Show. And then mm -hmm. you go back and there's vaudeville stuff, you know, like you said, singing in the rain or whatever. And I just got the Blu-ray of uh, Betty Boop, which has a, a vaudeville thing, which would have been pretty close to contemporary. But all of it is baffling for me. I still, I still don't quite it, get it. it so. you... It's actually more like TikTok. Um, it's mm -hmm. like you know, it's it's like lots of random little things that the, the longest length of a show is fifteen minutes. Somewhere five or six. It's animals. It's singing. It's dancing. It's you know. So it's a lot more like contemporary right. media that our, that sure, our young sure. that young folks watch. Isn't than, it? I've never heard anybody compare it to that, but that totally makes sense. <laughs> Kathy, so I can't remember who wrote the book, but somebody wrote a book about literally YouTube being a comparison to vaudeville by that standard. Yeah. And the if John, if you want a if you want a good movie that really glosses over vaudeville with a fresh coat of paint, it's Mother <laughs> War Tights. Mother War Tights really lays on that that paintbrush thick. It's a beautiful movie. I love it, but it is it is very much the 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 I will I'll put it this way: Seven Little Foys is far more representational of vaudeville by comparison to my mind because that one showed the 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 sort of recklessness of yeah why would you Shanghai your kids into an act and yet obviously Bob Hope's speech at the end is very compelling as to why you would do that because it is a family thing. And like, so like it, it's, you're right. It's, it's so interesting to watch the reminiscence of vaudeville, but like, and I, I get it from a human perspective. If that's where you got your start and where things were a lot more, I don't want to say experimental, but like you had the ability to fail because the next town was available. Now you're suddenly broadcasting from coast to coast on radio and then television. Things have to be far more certain. They probably missed the ability to bomb or at the very least to, yeah, and to hear the live audience in a different way because radio doesn't work the same way. You're not allowed to do, like Jack's, Jack could do the fiddle, but you're not getting the same thing that he's doing where he goes a little bit and then just talks a little bit like the like the vaudeville act is supposed to have gone. Right. So like it's it's fascinating to do that. But this this Benny show also does something that I love is that they pull off a physical gag, and it is the the um uh the 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 lounger outside that just spins out of control. The editing on it from a film from film perspective is actually very is very economical. It obviously allows for that gag to go around and around and around. And we are more focused on Rochester than we are on Mr. Benny. And so like the fact that he goes up in the tree, my, my belief is suspended all the way to the point it needs to be. And that's what makes that final gag something that I still adore, which yeah. is just Bob Hope having eternally set up in that tree after trying to make a business deal with Jack. Like that, that was is such a great surprise. It's a great yeah. little payoff. And and mm -hmm. what a what a cool thing if you're gonna only have a line or two to, to be able to do that and have it be funny, have it be the capper of this whole bit. Uh I love that as well. I love having all these guys on this show. Um I, I wonder sometimes whether because i know that jack did this during the radio show and i wonder if during the tv show he's doing the same thing where they're all appearing kind of for free on each other's shows yeah because this is 
from 53 to about 55, you'll see Jack over on Burns and Allen's show a bit. You'll see certainly when when Bing does his special that we already recorded our intro for that. Jack's on that on his special from 1954. Right. So I mean they're appearing on each other's shows left and right. And go ahead, Kathy. Right. You're you're absolutely right. And yet um Variety had mentioned that Jack just the week before had been on that Bing Crosby show that you've had us talk about. Yeah. And it's all because of income tax. Income tax for these performers was at the 95% rate. And so um, you might as well just do the, you know, the sharing, because if you actually get paid for it, the government was going to take it all anyway. So That's this great. is what I love that. we're having to do. I love that line that George Burns gives where he's like, I've got a funny answer for that, but I'm going to save it for my own show. <laughs> Yeah. I love that piece too. That's great. And I love watching Bing Crosby sing. That's such a delight. You know, sometimes when you when you get into Bing Crosby, you know, he's guests on all these shows and you forget what a what a delightful singer he is. You can see why he's a big star like that. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. And I for me, it's probably a little different than for the rest of you guys. I don't know. I am such a huge Bing fan and I present his shows almost as much as I present Jack's. I mean, I I present I do his shows twice a week and, and like I present, I think three of his shows within wow. those two sessions that I do. And uh, I just, I love what he did and what he brought to radio. Um, I love that he's so resistant to, to get over to television and, and is so adamant about it, but then it ends up going over cause he has to, you know, sort of thing. But, I, I, I appreciate that man as a film presence too. He had yeah. he had quite a quite a unique energy in film that not everybody could top, which was this laid back, like average Joe that was was somehow the sparkle in everybody's eye the moment you looked you laid eyes on him. But it Watch was him such do an act is the thing. Is that's what's mm -hmm. so amazing? Is he he seems like a lot like Jack, where it's like oh. If I was just sit, he would just sit there casually and talk to me and mm -hmm. it'd be a fun person to just to shoot the breeze with. And he'd be so casual and be so inviting to be with him and all that. But then you see, hear people say how he's the meanest guy in, that they've ever worked with. <laughs> and he was horrendous to his kids and horrendous to his family, you know, all these things. And Joan I, just had to, I just have to put my blinders on with him and just go. I don't know what's fact and fiction from that. All I know is what I observe and what I hear. And and from what I hear and what I observe of him on film, and he's delightful. He's He really presents a great character. And if it's character, it's a character. If it's him, it's him. I don't know, but I just enjoy it. Yeah. If and, you believe... Before we, you... Run out of, before we run out of time, I want to ask you, the, the copy that you sent us, has uh, something really interesting i want to know if you're gonna are you gonna be posting that same copy i may be i mean i'm trying i have this show i and this this is a great point this particular show of of, of this jack benny episode i probably have more different copies of it than any other show that i have and it's like every one of them has issues or not this one seem to be the clearest but it has where all of a sudden the sound will get worse and the picture will change it's like they've they've morphed two or three things together to create yeah. this but well, it's a pretty solid version throughout it's just some of it you go oh 
this isn't as nice for like a minute and a half and then oh yeah. we're back to it being good again and oh well i i kind of like that because you can see where they edited it you know mm -hmm. out the commercials or for whatever reason content in a couple of the cases yeah so i thought it was fascinating to see oh this was one of the things that they decided not to include right right and so i and yeah i'll I almost feel like I need to sit down with some other versions and watch them through and see if the editing is the same. I mean, did the person throwing this together accidentally cut some bits? I don't know. I don't know what happened here. But I just, when I saw it, I was like, boy, this is a clear copy. Because I only watched like the first, you know, I judge these things. I watched the first six minutes, three minutes and decide, oh, this is the version I want you guys to see because it's the clearest mm -hmm. one I have, right? And it was definitely clearer than any of mine. But then when I watched the whole thing, I was like, Oh my gosh, it's like up, it's a little up and down throughout. But that's anyway, so I don't know. Yeah, I kind of expect that from any from from most any television programs at this point. Like it's just like I never, I'm never going to get the master that I want or whatever. No, I just kind of no. have to live with it. We're just lucky it's, to have anything, is what I exactly. Yeah, I I'm like this could be worse. I could not have this at all. <laughs> like yeah. you know. Yeah, and it's and it goes into it's good for the Goldie Field and and Glide actual performance. That's one of the better quality and they're and they're a distance from the camera so the other versions i have they look very blurry where you're going okay i think they're dan what are they doing now this one is clear enough that you can make out oh that's jack over there and there's you know george burns you're never questioning who's who and things where some other versions it's like is that blur jack or is that blur <laughs> george burns i'm not sure so anyway but yeah well, I really loved the episode, and I'm not going to spoil it, but the joke in the monologue, I just, I, I laughed out loud, and I thought it was great. Oh, I, 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 no, it's the, the end of the, the, the end of Road to Nairobi is Jack telling a vaudeville joke from 1929 that he's brought back in 1954, so I wish he'd put it on Goldie Fields and Glide. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll be talking next time about the, the, the Road to Nairobi episode. That is the train wreck of all train wrecks of Jack Benny episodes, probably. There's going to be so much to talk about. At least mm -hmm. there's something good, a joke from 1929 that's in there. But, man, that episode, it could have been done in 1929, that whole episode, <laughs> for the cultural sensitivity that's in there. But anyway, yeah. we'll, we'll get yeah. to that next time. But thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Enjoy this episode. It's a, Like I say, it's a classic that that when they were first releasing all these sets on DVD, it'd be on every set because, like I said, there's so many copies floating out there in different quality. Hopefully someday we'll find a really good quality one. Um, they, as we're talking about the road to Nairobi next week, I have more copies of that than anything as well and they're all bad every copy i've ever seen of that thing is bad it, yeah it horrendously yeah. the picture's bad the the quality of the show itself Espe is bad. especially when it especially when it uh cuts to the wide of that surprise at the end yeah like the quality has never it's never looked definitive and I it's like suppose, no. it's not yeah. until they bring them out afterward that you really realize who's doing it because it's yeah. it's unclear unless you hear the small audio of i've got a match so and this episode was filmed correct 
It yeah. looked like it. Yeah. They, yeah. Yes. And, and Nairobi is live. It has to be to look that bad. I think so. Yeah. I no. I, I. Yeah. The 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 quality image the image quality on Goldie Fields and Glide is is it could only be filmed. You can't yeah. do that. And that sketch or the the stunt is so like that has to be prepped. Right. That can't be done live. Oh, yeah, they, they can't set up the it. film. You can't do that live. No, yeah, you can't correct, do that correct. live, and you can't do the you can't do the Jack in the hammock, and then Jack on the. It would. It, it literally <laughs> you'd have to. Hurry up. Yeah, well, that's, you, that, you, and that's why Nairobi with with the with the lion slash. I mean the 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 leopard slash tiger thing yeah. is so funny because it's obviously live and it keeps on wanting to turn on them and Jack's mm -hmm. hitting it with his violin case to try and get it to not turn. <laughs> it's great. Those live episodes are so much fun in so many different ways. Anyway, all right, but we'll get to that next time. But thanks everybody. Enjoy this episode, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. The Jack Benny Program, presented by Lucky Strike. Light up for Lucky. It's light up time. Be happy, go lucky. It's light up time. For the taste that you like, light up for Lucky Strike. Relax. It's light up. Friends, a lucky tastes better every time. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Try them. You'll say Luckies are the best tasting cigarettes you ever smoked. Thank you, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. You know, for a, for a fellow who has to appear in front of an audience today, I must say that I did a very foolish thing last night. I, uh, well, I met a beautiful girl, and I just couldn't resist going out with her. See, I, uh, well, we had dinner together, and we went dancing, and then I took her for a drive in my car, and we uh, finally got to a lonely road, and wouldn't you know, I got a flat tire. <laughs> and I want to tell you something. You've got to be awfully strong and have pretty good muscles to yank a, a, a wheel off the car and to force a, a tire off the rim. It was, such a, it was such a dark night. If I hadn't had my flashlight, she never could have done it. <laughs> of course, I only, you know, I only met her last night, and I never dreamed that she was a mechanic. I thought that the... Uh, the monkey wrench that was hanging from her wrist was on a charm bracelet. <laughs> she uh, got the tire fixed, and we, we had a wonderful evening, and I didn't get home till about 2.30. And of course, I didn't want to wake up Rochester, so I took off my shoes, and I tiptoed up the steps. Then I didn't even turn on the lights, and I went right to bed. And boy, what a miserable night I had. When I woke up this morning, I found out that Rochester had rearranged the furniture and I was uh, sleeping on the table. <laughs> and there's nothing more uncomfortable than using the bust of Beethoven for a pillow. <laughs> but even though I'm a little tired now, why, tomorrow I'll be all right because 
I'm always relaxed. I always feel fine the day after a show. As a matter of fact, every day after a show, that's when Rochester and I sort of relax and lounge around on the patio at home. Chester, why did you stop rocking? I'm sorry, boss. I got interested in this book. Boy, is it exciting. I don't care if it is exciting. Rock me some more. Yes. Rochester, there's a fly on me. Fan it away. Yes. <laughs> Did you finish churning the butter? Not yet. Well, churn it. Churn it. Yes. Did you finish that? I haven't even started yet. Well, start it. Start it. I will. I will. Chester, I just thought of it this morning. And already we got an order for a pound of butter and two quarts of ice cream. And you thought my little scheme wouldn't work. I didn't say it wouldn't work. I said it wasn't fair to put our phone number on the back of that carnation milk truck. Well, business is business. Now rock me some more. Yes. another order. I'll get down by myself. Yes. Hello? Mr. Benny's residence, star stage, screen, radio, television, and now rehearsing for Tarzan the Apes. <laughs> oh, oh, hello, Miss Livingston. Yes, he's here. Uh, just a minute, I'll call him. 
It's for you, boss. It's Miss Livingston. Oh, okay. Hello, Mary. This afternoon? No, I'm busy. I got a golf date with Bing Crosby and George Byrne. What are your plans for tonight? I haven't any. Would you like to see a movie? Okay, so would I. No, 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 don't come here. I'll come over to your, your house. Your television screen is much bigger. <laughs> Mary. Mary. Hmm. I don't know what she's mad about. <laughs> Yeah. Would you like some ice cream? No, no, thanks, Jack. How about a pound of butter? <laughs> Rochester, stop pushing the butter. We haven't got enough to fill the fold orders. <laughs> Jack, you uh, mind if I stretch out here in your hammock? No, no, go right ahead, Don. Now, Rochester, incidentally, here's what I'd like to have you <laughs> Jack, I'm terribly sorry if I broke your hammock. Who cares about the hammock? Look what you did to the flagstone. <laughs> Gosh, what a mess. That's all right, Mr. Wilson. I'll get a broom and clean it right up. Now, look, Don, I know you didn't come here to relax, so tell me, what's on your mind? Well, Jack, I just wanted to find out if you'd sign Bing Crosby and George Burns to be guest stars on your television show. Oh, oh not yet, Don, but you see, I'm playing golf today with Bing and George, and I'll talk to them about it then. <laughs> you know, many, many years ago, Bing and George and I used to do a vaudeville act together. Oh, years ago, we were known as Goldie, Fields, and Glide. That was our names then in vaudeville, you see. And I'd like to do that same act now in television. The three of you used to do an act together? That's right. That's right. Jack, you're kidding. No, no, I'm not. Wait a minute. Oh, Rochester. Yes, boss? Uh, bring my scrapbook. You'll find it in the dress drawer. Yes, sir. Ah, those were the days. You know, when uh, Bing, George, and I, when we were known as Goldie Fields and Glide, we used to play towns like uh, Burning Stump, Iowa, and Stagnant Water, Nebraska. And we even played on an Indian reservation. The three of you really played an Indian reservation? That's right, Geronimo, New Mexico. Oh. <laughs> Light up a lucky. It's light up time. Be happy, go lucky. It's light up time. For the teeth that you like, light up a lucky strike. Relax. It's light up time. That's the way to enjoy your baseball. Get out early, look over the lineups, and light up a lucky. You'll be way ahead of the game, because lucky sure tastes better. Everybody knows LSMFT. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. And then that naturally good-tasting tobacco is toasted. It's toasted to taste even better. So join millions of Lucky fans. Make your next carton Lucky Strike. For the taste that you like, light up a Lucky Strike. Right now. Light up a Lucky. It's light up time. You'll say it's the best-tasting cigarette you ever smoked. Thanks, Rochester. 
You know, now, this is the first scrapbook I've ever had, you know? And I wanted you to see this thing here. Oh, here. Now, here, this was our whole show, the show that we were with. There, now, there was the animal trainer, there's the juggler, there's Bing Crosby, there's George Burns. Easy to pick you out, Jack. There's an arrow pointing to you. It ain't pointing to him, it's in him. That's when they played the Indian reservation. <laughs> now, Don, look, now, here's, here's what I really wanted you to see. Now, wait a minute. I got it right over here. There it is. There's our act. Goldie, Fields, and Glide, you see? Now, Bing Crosby was Goldie, George Burns was Fields, and I was Glide. That was our act, Goldie, Fields, and Glide. You know, and I'll never forget when we played in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Gee, what a tough time we had following the Victoria girl. The million things she gave me Oh, means only that she's growing old T is for the tears she shed to save me H is for her heart of purest gold Heart of purest gold E is for her eyes with love light shining R means right and right, she'll always be, she'll always be. <laughs> Put them all together, they spell mother. <laughs> A word that means the world to me. 
just what is wrong with the girl of today is the problem this world has to face. They blame it on this and they blame it on that, but they don't seem to get any place. Art isn't the lipstick, the cocktails, the jazz that causes the girly to fall. It's the mother who says if you're not home at 10, why, you don't have to come home at all. <laughs> There's many a girl in a nightclub tonight who would have and could have been good. And each one of them is a living mistake of a parent who misunderstood. So make a pal of your daughter. Tell her what's what. And don't hide that book on the shelf. <laughs> For it's the girls who are wise to the ways of the world that make it tough on guys like myself. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is the first time that we have ever appeared here in Scranton, Pennsylvania. You know, the three of us were born in New York, but you were such a wonderful audience that if we ever have a chance to be born again, we'd like to be born right here in Scranton. <laughs> yes, Don. Was our act. Goldie feels and glides. That'll be wonderful on your television show. But Jack, I know you and George Burns are very good friends, and you'll work reasonably, but uh, can you get Crosby? Don't worry, Don. I may have to soft soap a little, but I'll talk him into it. That must be Mr. Crosby and Mr. Burns now. Well, I gotta run along, Jack. I'll let the boys in on my way out. Okay, Don. Hey, Rochester. You know, I'm trying to get Bing Crosby to appear on my television show, and naturally, I want to make a good impression. So run in the house and make a lot of sandwiches. But, boss, we haven't got any food to make sandwiches. No food? What was in the refrigerator? A disappointed mouse. <laughs> a mouse? I tried to coax him out with a piece of cheese, but he didn't even see it. <laughs> 
Why? With nothing to look at but those white porcelain walls, he went snow blind. <laughs> Rochester, stop making up a lot of silly things, will you? Hi, Jay. What's this? Well, that, well, that's a scrapbook. I was showing it to Don Wilson. Now, I showed him the picture of the three of us when we used to be in vaudeville together. Oh, that was a rouser, wasn't it? Yeah. Years ago. Yeah. You know, Bing, I was thinking, you never hit the big time until you met Paul Whiteman and he took you to the Coconut Grove. Yeah, and George never hit the big time, really, till he met Gracie and took her to the Justice of the Peace. <laughs> I got a funny answer for that, but I'm gonna save it for my own show. That's quite a spot you got here, though, Jack. Uh, is that the swimming pool, or is that where you wash your money? <laughs> he doesn't wash his money. He saves it tight and all. I'm your friend. <laughs> Look, fellas, while you're here telling jokes, I'm going inside and change clothes so we can go out and play golf. Oh, Rochester, uh, see that Abbott and Costello are comfortable. <laughs> yes, now, fix them some refreshments. Bing, I got a hunch the reason for this golf date is that Jack would like to use us as guest stars on his television show. Oh, no, that's not for me. They tell me Jack pays practically nothing for guest stars. No, he pays big money. He does? Sure, he's the only one that's got those old dollar bills left. <laughs> I wonder what Jack would want us to do on his show. I don't know about you, but I know he'd want me to sing. Oh, well, in that case, I'd better squeeze in a song right now. Want me to help you with a verse and two courses? No, no, I'll, I'll fight it out. <laughs> well, well, help Jack with his shoes. I got a button hook. If I am fancy free and I love to wander, it's just a gypsy in my soul. There's something calling me from away out yonder. It's just a gypsy in my soul. I've got to give vent to my emotion. I'm only content having my way. There is no other life of which I'm fonder. It's just a gypsy in my soul. No cares, no strings my heart's on wings if i am fancy free and i love to wander it's just a gypsy in my soul no other life of which i'm fonder it's just a gypsy in my soul no cares, no strings, my heart has wings. It's just a gypsy in my soul. He's waiting for us out in the car. Well, let's go. No, oh, wait a minute, Bing. You see, the reason... The reason I asked George to wait for us in the car is, uh, Well, because I, I wanted to talk to you about something alone. Well, what about? Well, uh, uh, sit down. 
<laughs> no, wait a minute. I, I think it'd be much more comfortable over there. Well, what is it? television show pretty soon, and I'd like to have you as my guest on this show. Oh, I'm flattered, Jack. Uh, I'd love to be on it. It'll be absolutely wonderful. You know, Bing, I can just see it now. I'll come out on the stage first and tell some jokes, see? And then you come out and sing a song. Then I'll go back, and then I'll come out, and we'll do some jokes together, you see? Then you can sing another song, then I'll come out with a violin. See, we'll do a couple of songs $10,000. Hey, Jack, come on, get me down out of here. <laughs> I'm going to let you down and you come down on your price. Oh, no, you don't. I won't budge. I'm going to stick to my price. You better do what he says, Bing. I've been up here for four months. <laughs> First, a word to cigarette smokers. How do you like your music, Giselle? Oh, right now, Happy Joe, I'm in a bouncy mood. Let's go. Light up, my lucky, it's light up time. Be happy, go lucky, it's light up time. Wowee! Sometimes I like my music dreamy, like this. For the taste that you like, light up. A lucky strike, relax, it's light of time. Yes, sir, buying tobacco that's toasted to taste even better. That's what makes a lucky taste so good. You'll say it's the best tasting cigarette you ever smoked. For the taste that you like, light up a lucky strike, right now. Light up a lucky. It's light up time. Thank you. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that ends another television show. And I must say it's been a lot of fun working with so many, so many great artists. I mean, in one show. You take uh, Bing Crosby, for instance. Now, there's a fellow who really amazes me. I mean, he's so, uh, he's so relaxed and nothing seems to bother him. How a man can have that much money and be so calm, I'll, I'll never understand. <laughs> I know I'm a wreck. <laughs> George Burns, of course, George is... Uh, the closest friend that I have in show business. We've been friends for, oh, many, many years. Oh, as far back as I can remember. And uh, George is a wonderful fellow. I mean, he's so modest. He's never let the fact that he's a close friend of such a big star uh, go to his head. <laughs> That's what I like about it. 
of course, Hope, Bob Hope, that little scene we did up on the tree. Uh, you see, he, uh, he wasn't supposed to be on this show at all. Uh, we borrowed the tree from Paramount Studio, and Hope happened to be in it. <laughs> so we, we let him stay. <laughs> you see, between pictures, Hope is a woodpecker. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, this was the final show of the season. And uh, we'll be back again in the fall, September 23rd, to be exact. So, good night, everybody, and a very happy vacation. Remember one week from tonight on this same station, be sure and watch Ann Southern in Private Secretary. Jackmanny program has been brought to you by the American Tobacco Company, America's leading manufacturer of cigarettes. <laughs>